Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 238, where I'm going to be joined once again by Clay and Brandon, where we go through five books that came out this week. And me and Clay are going to be talking about Amazing Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, while me and Brandon will be going through Immortal Hulk, Juggernaut, and venom but before we get into that let me tell you where you can find us go over to twitter ws marble comics and if you follow us we'll follow you back i say it all the time and that is a promise and uh you know a mantra that we do over here i think that that's just a nice thing to do and i try to be a nice guy occasionally you can go over to our website weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com where we do reviews previews and news all week most of the reviews though hit on Wednesday, new comic book day. And we also have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can go and support us for the three shows on this feed. Also, we have DC shows going on on the DC feed. And if you go over to the Patreon, you get a bunch of shows. You get a ton of other shows there for each level you go up, more shows. And one of the things me and Brandon, usually me and Brandon, but Clay actually joined him for the first time this past week where we have a marvel comics patreon spotlight and this week the bad asses of the get fresh croupy poop they ended up picking symbiote spider-man king in black number one as well as widowmakers red guardian and yelena belova number one i talked to clay about widowmakers and i talked to brandon about the symbiote spider-man one of the first tie-ins to the king in black though it feels kind of weird because it's a you know back in the day deal but we ended up talking those two books and the spotlight itself ended up being about a hour and seven minutes so it is you know a beefy deal we don't just you know mail it in we actually record it you can't mail that sort of thing i guess you could but we don't and yeah you can go over there and get that a bunch of other shows as well, if you do go over to the Patreon, another Marvel thing that I just recently did was a first and best podcast episode with Double A Ron, where we went through Captain America number 359 from 1989, Wheel of Death. It was part three, which was one of Aaron's first books that he ever read, and we ended up having fun with that. But that's that. And all this stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, but we're going to just go right now. We're going to go off to the books. We're going to start off with me and Clay talking Fantastic Four and Amazing Spider-Man. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Clay once again. Clay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, we were having a little bit of uh, technical issues, but we're, we're good now. <laughs> you were a robot. You were a robot. And I was like high pitched for some reason, you said. But what's weird is when this happens... Uh, you usually don't hear how weird you sound. Uh, you sounded weird. I'm telling you. Maybe, maybe it would have been cool because it would have made this first issue we're going through a little more exciting, at least for <laughs> me, because I had problems with it. I really did. And I've been having problems with Dan Slott's Fantastic Four. A couple issues I really, really enjoyed, including last issue, 25. Thought it was really good. 
but then you I kind get of the regret loan. saying what I said when you messaged me about which books we were doing. I was like, oh, 25 was exciting enough. Let's do it. Let's do it. There's a couple issues through the run. I like the wedding issue. That was great. But then you have a, a Lola. It seems like every time we get a really good issue, then Dan Slott just wants to get back to nonsense. In, yep. in my mind, even the issue where they were going to go and it set up the whole deal where they went to the other planet, the idea of their first mission, that thing. I loved when they went to that museum and Ben heard, you know, that it wasn't Reed's fault. It wasn't Ben's fault. Like, all that stuff was really. And then we went off and you still have things. And this one's weird because you get this forever gate now. And it just seems like a way to, well, we want to quickly wrap up a bunch of stuff that we left hanging with this gate and then go forward like power pack and and things like that and you have sky with with johnny that doesn't seem to work out now and i just by the end i just ended up it was too much it was too much of things i wasn't really that concerned with but i think that people who like the book may may like it more than us i think that we i, I wouldn't say we'll be in the minority or majority but i don't hear a lot of people talking about this book do you yeah, not not so much. I mean, there was a lot of people talking about last issue because it did it did have a lot of big things to look forward to. But it doesn't look like Slot really wanted to answer any of those questions. And, and he's using it in a different uh, it's bad when I'm reading this and my favorite characters are turning out to be Joe and Nikki, the Kree and the Scroll from the yeah. whole Empire deal that that's not good, right? And I do like the characters. I like the Fantastic Four. I'm a big Franklin and Val fan. And, and mm-hmm. you get that, but just it, it just ends up like not – it doesn't feel like Dan Slott's really trying to get people to like the book or something. I don't know how to say it. It just ends up I get bored. But it is Fantastic Four 26. Well, you want to go back and talk 25 again? Because I like that. <laughs> it's one step from everywhere, written by Dan Slott, R.B. Silva on art, Jesus Urbatov on colors, and B.C.'s Joe Caramanga letter. Powerful alien called the Cormorant scoured the Earth in search of a mysterious artifact. His quest led him to the Baxter Building, former headquarters of the Fantastic Four. After destroying the building, he battled the combined forces of the Fantastic Four and Dr. Doom. And also, you know, the Fantastiques, they, they kind of got a little, you know, dissed here because I, I actually like the Fantastiques as well. They're, before departing, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. Cormorant <laughs> managed to open Container Zero, a box secretly buried by Mr. Fantastic long ago and unleashed the Zero Force energy upon the world. Valerius saved the day by channeling the Zero Force energy into the Forever Gate. Now the team must guard the gate, which is a doorway to every point in time and space. And yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And that issue was exciting. You had some things, the Cormorant, and then you just were done with that, right? Yeah, we'll mention it, but we're going to go. And even starting out in the Florida Everglades with Man-Thing, just to be there. I, I, I don't get what's going on of the focus of this book. And it's, I think. Now, I, I have maybe one explanation for the Man-Thing. So last episode, we talked about how that one random comment from Mary Jane with the doctor and saying, oh, you're a, psych- a psychiatrist, blah, blah, blah. I think this is another one of those instances where people might say, oh, well, if they are in the Everglades, don't you think that man thing would be angry at them being there? And so he just put it there so that way he could, you know, help to, to yeah, to get those fans what they probably wanted, but we wouldn't even know that because, like, it just doesn't make any sense, to be honest. It, it really goes back to the idea of when you get a thing in a story, 
that you're answering a question nobody's asked you. Uh, yes. And it almost seems like it's trying to answer it before you throw the shade. You know, like Dan, Dan Slott, oh, well, if they're there. I think you're right. They're in the Florida Everglades with the man thing would be mad. So I'm going to throw this in real quick. So if they yell at me later, I can point to this page and tell them to suck it. Is what I think it would be because there's nothing with it. Even with that sky, is there, oh my, that's a neat thing. Uh, You know, and even with that, it's Ted Salas and you have Johnny, see you later, Ted, catch you later. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. But you also get a little bit of a a deal where you have Sky, hey, uh, this means I could go back to my home planet of Spire at any time. You could do that anytime. We could just get a rocket. And I think that's just so she realizes, all right, at the end, when I hate your guts, I can just get out of this book and go. And I don't. Basically. You you think anybody is going to be upset about it? I mean, do you think? I I don't think they will. I I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of those Human Torch fans that are going to that are going to be the same cuz we we had that conversation well I say we but the the book had that conversation of how Human Torch was getting kind of upset that he didn't have anybody you know Sue and Reed had them and and uh Ben had Alicia and he was kind of getting in you know all of his emotions about you know maybe wanting to settle down and everything else and now he's not going to it looks like and I feel like there's going to be some of those some people big romance upset? Marvel fans well, but that might me, get upset. Clay. I'm a big romance. <laughs> I, I do think it's funny, though, because if there are, if you're right and people would get upset, I, I think that maybe Dan Slott, again, tries to like, hey, listen, if you're upset, I'm going to go through the ridiculous list of all the people Johnny has dated or married at one point or other. As long he- as long as there's a wedding at issue 50 and it actually happens i think i'll be okay oh my that is shade that is backdoor <laughs> shade right there i like it I, I, so yeah yeah have this i do like the idea where the, the ridiculous one it obviously is the scroll as alicia as all this and that's where skype but even with that the whole johnny thing is he they don't understand each other they're from different sides of the tracks here and planets yeah. and this whole soul bond and you know it's johnny he ended up having a device made so that soul band can be invisible. So, you know, when he goes out to clubbing, he can, you know, hide it, I guess. But you have that kind of force. Then Shameful. That, yes. And she's mad. <laughs> and, and who knows? Maybe she won't go. It seems like it's to get her out. Like, this yeah. isn't working much. And it's kind of tying Johnny down, though. It does give him a little more of something to have to worry about somebody as well that I do like. But you also have the forever gate. This idea I love. They're like, hey, uh, that crazy guy, Cormorant, like, did you get him? No, we didn't. But we're not here to talk (laughs) about that. We'll get to that Cormorant later. We're here to talk about the Forever Gate. You mean this crazy Nexus portal that anybody could come in and out and destroy the planet? What do you say about that? And Reed can't even stop himself from getting giddy about it, even though... He, he has to be better at PR here and say, listen, it's all under control. At least something because. Oh, no, he, he straight up just like the 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 possibilities are endless. And, you know, who knows what could walk through that thing? And he, he catches himself. He's like, oh, I did that mad scientist thing, huh? 
Yeah, I, I, th- I think I went too far. Yeah, yeah, he did. It's almost like I'm, I'm mad. Like Tanya's like saying, "Hey, I saw you talking to that lady," and I'm like, "What? That lady? She has nothing but her sexy looks and her her curves." I'm like, "Oh my, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get killed." But yeah, he goes off, and and the flash bulbs are going nonstop. But there's there's two things that are spelled out here that I thought were gonna play out. Eventually, they will. And they kind of do here on the opposite. But when he's saying this, listen, we could go anywhere, endless possibilities. This is right here. All, But we're going to take it apart. I'll take it apart. And so through the rest of the issue, I'm just waiting for Val to go through. She does. I think they're going to take it apart. She's stranded. Then you're going to get Franklin. He is going to get stranded. Uh, but you don't get that yet. Now, we have Franklin. In this book, you like Franklin because I love Franklin. I really enjoyed his character. I I was kind of getting tired of him because he he had this, you know, Omega level. I am basically God type power, and they were always putting him on the sidelines. He was way too powerful for what he was doing. And yeah, exactly. Like you even have like at DC the the Suicide Squad, they put Enchantress on the team, but she can do too much, so she gets knocked out. So I yeah now. Did you wish, though, maybe do something? Because I got sick and tired of this. Man, my powers, they're, they're going away. I can't Because then that also put them on the sideline, like you're saying as well. So even with the powers, oh, I can't use them all or I'll, I'll, I won't have them, which I was honestly trained. hoping, and this sounds horrible. I was really hoping that the X-Men would take him away, that he would be forced to be on Krakoa. I wouldn't uh, mind that. Just, just to see... Just to see what's different about it, you know? I, I would like if they were still like you end up having Xavier doing experiments with them, stuff like that, and finding yeah. what I just I really just thought what they could because they you said it, you've written a character that cannot really be in a book because you go to fight Doctor Doom, he he can make universes. I, I mean he can make things in and out, he could stop anything. It's too omega. I just thought that it was going to get to a level where, well, you can do this. Well, you can do that, but you're not as powerful, so we still have it. But he's been moping around with this. He also threw in the idea in the series that Reed, he's not really, he's too busy to help, which I know that it's explained and he apologizes a point, but it seems like he's just a jerk, doesn't want to help his son. And so when you get this where he did use his full power to get Cormoran Almost in a way to make sure you know that Cormorant was so powerful that he barely did anything, even though Cormorant was impressed. Going in this, he doesn't have his powers, and that's fine when this Nexus deal with the Forever Gate, he can actually use it like a Krakoan gate, he thinks. And he goes to use it after Val uses it too. Val goes to visit her prince boyfriend who pretty much likes to play the field and she hates boys and comes back. It's just a, a way to shut that door. It seems yeah. to go. And also, I like that she blames Franklin and it sets up what comes She's later like, as well. Why like, did you, why did you create such a jerk? You, you created just this jerk. And he's like, what? Well, I'm a clockwork god. I set the clock and I leave, baby. But he goes <laughs> to go to Krakoa because he's desperate. And this is such a weird scene. I didn't like it. I, it, it no, threw me no, off. I didn't either. Even, please just let him get to Krakoa. Let him go the way because he's there. Val says, oh, I made this pinpoint deal. to say, And he goes. And then of the mind, Xavier comes to talk to him. And you go through this. Because 
it got me so well, it, it got me more sad actually of what they it, it did it got me really sad and the thing was as soon as we saw val go through the gate i immediately thought of frank and i was like oh he's gonna be able to get to krakoa with this i think that would be really cool if he's able to do it and as soon as he has that idea, Xavier comes in and says, yeah, that's not He's, happening. And he, it's, it really felt weird right away. I mean, there's, you know, Franklin, I think I'll do this. Boom. Right in the mind. I'm in your mind, Franklin. I'm like, what else have you been doing, Eric? Are <laughs> you a freak? And he's like, you can't come to crack. I'm like, oh, and tell him what yeah, it says. And, and the, the big thing was, you know, he, he says no immediately. And I understand that this is a completely different xavier than what most are normal to you know this this is xavier you know ever since hickman's run has started we have seen a little bit of a darker tone with them and even even like a non-caring tone even if you go like that yeah so far yeah and he says uh i know what you're thinking and the 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 reason why he's saying no you can't come to krakoa is that you're not a mutant. And I'm like, okay, but you, you could probably fix that. Maybe it's just his genes. He said, no, when you were a baby, you basically made a X gene in yourself. So you're a, you're not really a mutant. You just wish to be one at one point. And that kind of ruins the character. Yes, it does. And it also, Dan Slott's trying to make it so that, like, we don't get mad at Franklin. Like, he can't say, oh, what a jerk. What a lying jerk. Because he says, like, that's the side. You did it as a baby. Because now this throws off so much. One of the things, not even a specific story, but from a specific story that you brought up, was the idea that when Franklin went to go through that Krakoan gate, he ends up just going, it didn't work. And you had Mm -hmm. Reed admit. I made a dampening gene. Now, again, you're going to play the idea that these X genes were made. So it's such a weird cop out. Like, yes, you did have the X gene, but you made it to make your deal. And you can't now with that. Is it completely? It, it just everything swirls around. But you said it makes the X-Men Fantastic Four miniseries, Chip Zdarsky. It's null and void. It, that was wasteful. You, you didn't yeah. need that because it never could have come out if it was like this. And I guess maybe, I mean, if you want to think that this is like an editorial type deal or a way to set up, like, listen, we tried to do this Franklin thing with the X-Men, but Hickman and that, they got their own crazy stuff. We don't need this. We, But I didn't need this either. This is, again, an explanation that could have just been left off. You could have even had this where, oh, I'm going to use this forever gate. It can go anywhere. Wait a minute. It can't take me to Krakoa. That sets up a mystery that maybe could play out a little better later. Uh, or you could just say, well, when I lost my power, it doesn't recognize this. But it, it really makes Xavier look like a real dick, part of my French, with the idea that they were coming to get from, we need this Omega. Le- we need him. The minute, it, like you said, this new Xavier is like, Nope, you're not coming. Sorry, Sayonara, sucker. Out. And I, I get the idea, like, he's not even going to be in the mind anymore. It's like, I don't need to have him and Cerebro. Beep, 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 because he says, Cerebro says you were never a man. I'm like, really? And, and almost to go back to where you were saying how, you know, how cold Xavier is. He says, oh, and by the way, you have to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Like, like we, we were once going to love you as family, bring you in. But now that you're not a mutant, 
figure it out on your own. And again, if Franklin still had all his posters and figures and guitar and all that Jubilee music and his nonsense, you know, he would then get upset again, but he already ruined that. So, but yeah. it's just like it, it, a lot of the stuff in this issue end up just being like this. Hey, remember that? Well, we're not dealing with that anymore. Remember this? Okay, we tied that up. But everything is just boom, boom, thrown at me. It, it, I read this last night late, late or early, wherever way you're looking at it. <laughs> and I, I had to stop. I, I got upset right there and just was like, really? Like that was something where you, you've been meandering around with Franklin, but at least that was something where it looked like there was the light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll be able to figure it out, like you said, even if it meant Franklin going off for six months that we don't see him in this book. And then we find out things are worked out or whatnot. But now he has to do it himself, which I only guess. And and really where this was leading to, I really thought it was going to be. And I still do think he's going to think he has to go into the forever gate and figure this out where places where I was a god here. Let me see if I can do that. Or what I'd do is I'd go and still pretend I'm a god to them, even though I don't have powers and live the luxury there. But you end up having this, and now Franklin's upset. He's sad. Val is upset at boys. All these things going on. And then we do get my favorite characters, because then you end up having Dr. and Mrs. Power they and that's this is another thing that gets me angry you think reed's smart i've heard that he's smart right he may not care so much about people like because he is always thinking of other things and he's more you know flighty than not being mean but the, the the powers are like with this, I can we can get our kids back. The kids that you stranded off in the you know realities when this gate, and they'd never even thought of this. But the powers, you know, they come. They want their kids. You even have uh, the Onami's father, where you had the Future Foundation, and they think we could use this gate to get them, just to go and use the gate to get them. That just yeah. happens because Val has this pinpoint device, this beacon. They end up doing this, even with the idea where back. Way back when the, the thing started, uh, Brandon was pissed because Dragon Man got stranded. Now he's back. I mean, it's just almost like, okay, I'm going to use this Forever Gate just to get everything back that was left. And here, I, I, I didn't have much emotions to any yeah, and of I, this. And I can understand some people probably saying, oh, Dan Slott is only placing the pieces for you know everything that was laid out for tw- in 25. But he just doesn't make it interesting. No. And, and it... it it went too long and, and things were focused on a little more than I wish because the idea of having a forever gate, that, that's pretty awesome, right? That that seems like something, that, but you're just using it to tie into things that were there. I do, and I said, my favorite characters right now are, are Nikki and Joe, the, the, the Cree and Scroll kids that they ended up getting out of Empire. I, I like them. They're, they're just over the top, but they don't get a lot of play. And really, this Forever Gate is to set up in a, in a very, I don't know, is it forced or is it just obvious way? Because, oh, my God, you know, with that Forever Gate, we better watch it because we may have people come and get us. We may have people come and get us. And the twist is, oh, my God, but these are refugees, like, at first. Oh, my God, they, these people are coming in. They disguise the says They don't look aggressive. They're just walking in. They don't have ships. They don't have this. But then by the end, it's just, again, to tie back and i'm telling you i did not really love the griever deal the whole thing with franklin and, and all so you end up with that 
The only interesting thing to me, though, is that, you know, she's come back. She's all these people are running from him. Uh, but Franklin doesn't have the powers to snap. But again, he's just on the sidelines like he always is. And then at the end, you, you just have that where I think that people should actually kick the Fantastic Four out of the United States. They're causing too much problem. Now, get, them out, now, get them out of New re- York, at least. Remind me, is Griever is from the first issue, right? She was the one that was in charge of, like, destroying planets and stuff? Okay. In the deal, it was funny because at points even seem like, if you're a DC fan, again, Perpetua. Perpe- that's like exactly yeah. what I was going to bring yeah. up today. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it, it ends up. It was like that. And it was the idea, you know, there's Franklin. He was going, remember, he was going a little too crazy. He was making all these, and they were lost and all that stuff. So well, her And that's what up, made that and, really cool thing about, like, them bringing everybody who was once a Fantastic Four member, and they fought her, which was nice. But now I feel like I, I don't see the relevance in bringing her back. Didn't it feel like a step backwards? I mean, especially yeah. after this 25 where, oh, my God, you were your change. It was pushed by Dan Slott himself of this is a game changer. This is going to change the Fantastic Four forever, that whole issue. And then you get step back of, OK, well, let's tie in some loose ends. Let's so and and this is one of those things where it drives me nuts. And I know it's going to happen. I'll look at the reviews. It'll be one of those. See, like you even said about setting up the pieces for later i hate when you just bring somebody back and they're like man he had a story for two years Mm, did he i mean it's just a way to throw this back now like he's sitting around like oh what could i tie up oh somebody was yelling about you know the powers kids and that there is a book coming out things like that i better get them back and then it kind of the snowball effect of it oh yeah griever like i I don't need griever back i i just want the fantastic four i i want them to have some fun adventures and the forever gate seems like it could have been that and it may end up this may end up you know working out whatever um but it's like a lot of the books it's like uh the book like uh avengers you know jason aaron's avengers where i kind of just want the avengers to do some stuff uh spider-man until this kindred stuff now I just wanted to get to that. And it's always like yeah. reading a book. And as I'm reading it, I'm just thinking of like what other things I'd rather be doing, even in this book, you know, even in this. And then you, you get other things where that's where you get, uh, you know, uh, laser fist. I guess it, it comes out and like, oh, you know, that's my ex-wife, Ooh, and, you know, Sky. And that's funny. That's kind of a funny deal, but it just kind of is there again to just throw it out there. But anything else? Because I'm getting depressed again. I like <laughs> yeah, the art. I mean, uh, it's, you yeah, know. I, I really enjoyed the art. There's a lot of uh, really good panels. You know, I feel like a lot of the ones that I personally loved were wasted on just small beats of the book. But I mean, it's just. You know, to kind of break the fourth wall here, we we just talked about Widowmakers. It was just too long for what was inside the book. Um, and there was substance in there that we didn't really need. You know, the 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 wrapping up of stuff, I feel like would have been nice just to forget about because this reminded me of something that I didn't really want, you know. And, and it, it's one of those things like, again, you hurt your elbow, right? You hurt your elbow. Over clay. Yeah. And you're like. You know, you're trying to forget about it, and then you hit something. Ah, that's kind of what this was. Every <laughs> time I'm like, ah, I remember that now. I didn't. Oh, Griever. Oh man. And it's just with a book that I've struggled to maintain reading. 
uh, I need some cool things, not let's go back to stuff that might actually be why I didn't read. It wasn't the deal with uh, Griever. I was reading it then, and I was kind of enjoying it and going, but that's done. I, I need something more. Now, the next cover looks crazy, so you know at least we got that, and we'll be talking about it, but I hope that it picks up again. Uh, and I say again, I only mean because of the last issue. I thought I was back in. And I want to be back in. I wanted the Fantastic Four to be a book that I read when I came over to the Marvel stuff. So and it's, I'm struggling. But what would you give it? This, I I was just thinking about that. I think I could be anywhere between a 6.5 and a 7. Um, if I talk about it too much longer, I think I'll go down even lower. Um, that That is a thing that happens. Uh, you know, <laughs> you either get, I like when you talk more. and Oh, my God, I really do like this. And you no, know, this is the one I agree it would go down. Yeah, I th- I think to be safe, I think I'll just put a six point seven. Okay, I'm gonna go six five. I like the okay. art. And I like yeah. I like some of the stuff. I like when y- you have you know Reed. Oh my god, he gets so excited about it. But then that's everything is just pushed aside to get to the next thing, and nothing ever really hits well. And that's and that's going. what I mean because like you, I feel like there's a lot of people who do like the kids. Here in 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 this book, Joe and Nikki, and I feel like Ben, Joe, Nikki, and, and Alicia could be on their own adventure. So make a mini series of that. Yeah, I'd Skip like that. Putting it in this main series book because then you're wasting three pages for no reason. And the same goes for you know things with uh freaking uh, uh what's her name uh the Sky and Sky and, and Johnny and Johnny yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I could I could tell you a bunch of books that I would like. I mean, I would like <laughs> because they do keep having Val watch the kids, uh, you know, Nikki and Joe. I would like Val, Franklin, Nikki and Joe. Sounds like it's like the rundown from Cool It Now. Uh, <laughs> but with that, I'd like that Adventures book. in Babysitting. I'd love it. I would love that. <laughs> it would be fun, right? But yet you end up just kind of throwing everything together and it, it ends up being like, a goulash that is it's not that great. And I like goulash. I am a big goulash as also a big new edition fan. As, as that was a new edition reference that I'm sure surprised some people. But we're going to go to the next show because I'm six five. But we're going to go to the next book, which is, you know, pretty much the book. I think that is the reason why I asked you to originally talk with me on the podcast, because uh, I asked you if you were reading Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and Brandon won't read it, so he's a jerk. And then, but I wanted to talk because I was enjoying it, and I wanted, to, and we we have been enjoying it. It's just weird now because th- this part four here, this, this Amazing took Spider-Man a left turn. Yeah, and and the problem is a lot of people. We like the last issue. We we were of the main thing. Well, when I say last yeah. issue of anything, I always will mean the actual book that we're talking about, not the LR, and. But it was a lot of treading water running in place until that big cliffhanger. So I'm like, okay, well, that that pacing was a little off, but people loved it. People loved the idea. Oh, my God, Peter got almost his neck ripped off. But so going into this, I okay, let's get to it. Let's, let's see. We're going to find out. We talked about what we thought. Levels of hell, possibly going through, seeing all the people that the skeletons were at. The, you know, and so I'm, I'm expecting some... And we get another issue that has some important things to remind, but it ended up feeling again like it was treading water a bit where I just want to get to it. I want to get to the fireworks factory. We waited so long 
to find out who Kindred was. And now we're playing coy with the main book here, even when you seemingly have Peter realize who it is. You're still playing games. You're playing games, oh, and it doesn't oh, hit as hard, right? <laughs> Me and no, you are sitting no. there, and I'm telling you, I'm like, what the heck, but go, and then I'll go through the credit. It, playing games, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is, there is, you know, so much wrong with this book that that we can get to first. But let's go ahead and, and get to the, the credits. Yes, yeah, here it is. Yeah. It is Amazing Spider-Man number fifty-three, written by Nick Spencer, uh, art by Mark Bagley. Kind of a, a deal. People like Mark Bagley, but it was weird to just have him show up in this issue. Uh, you end up inks by John Dell, colors by Edgar Delgado, letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. The villain Kindred is finally struck. He resurrected the Sin Eater to cleanse criminals of their sins, including Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin. Then Kindred sent all the collected sins after Peter's spider friends, turning them into demonic puppets and using them to wreak havoc on New York City. Meanwhile, a penitent Norman revealed that Kindred is really his son, Harry Osborn, but Peter doesn't know yet again. We're still waiting, and even at the end, we're a little deal, but you can't – they're spelling it out so succinctly in that. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, Norman revealed he believes Kindred is his son, and wait till Peter finds out if it – but it's really spelled out. Uh, when Kindred threatened to make the spiders tear each other apart, Peter pleaded for their lives in exchange for his own. Kindred took the deal, and after freeing the other spider heroes from his control, he killed Spider-Man. So you go into this thinking, okay, well, what happens? Peter's dead, like, and you just kind of are going to replay, you know, little bits, one more day, stuff like that. As And that is the big thing, and this is something where people kind of figured right away it had to do with the deal that has been brought up a bunch of times. That's fine. But you end up like wasting a little too much time, I think, just kind of easing into this. And so when you get these big moments, they're not as big and they're a little more confusing, I think, than they should be. And then at the end, it's the games. Me and you were starting to, you know, (laughs) just say like, well, well, Jim, I think I've one thing. I think I have read wordless, silent issues longer than I read this book. This went by so quickly and we open up with like kindred, like we're supposed to sympathize with kindred. You know, I I'm pretty sure that is his son that he is watching over. And so, you know, you're like, Oh, okay. That's so sad. Blah, blah, blah. And then he like just is standing over Peter the next thing. And we get, you know, I understand that, you know, we've been playing a lot with the dreamscape and, and dreams and all of this other stuff. And that's what Peter's version of hell or heaven is, is him going back to what would be the story of one more day and having the return of Harry Osborn. So we, we see this, we, we recognize it. And I think that's why they had Bagley do it because he's such a classic uh, Spider-Man uh, artist so it's like okay this is something that is very uh homage is very nostalgic about it and i just didn't feel it i didn't feel this this issue at all why is that because you end up and you know he goes downstairs and that's the thing and, and th- there are some clever ways this is going on you have peter wake up right goes downstairs originally in the whole deal this would be oh my god aunt may you're alive Oh my God, yeah. you know, oh, you're live. Oh, or, or us even reading it. It, it worked. She's like, but here he's like, what, what, what are you doing here? And it's one of those, like, you have 
Harry, you know, Kindred. And the funny thing is, I, I want to say, I went online because I was really worried that here's me and you. I still don't believe in Harry's Kindred. I still, and I thought, are we just idiots? Are we the only ones? Because I don't want to <laughs> be an idiot. And like, people are just listening, going, what are you talking about? Like, I've listened Two to 17 podcasts. on Weird these, Science these over jerk here. That, and I looked, and I just looked up, do people believe Kindred's hat? And like, the way I, Oh my God, it's all Reddit. Like, they're, they're, I still don't believe it. And these are like from a day ago. I don't believe it. You can't convince me. I think. And so, with all of that, I'm like, well, thank God. Thank God it's not just us being idiots because it just, things seem a little off. But with this, you do have this, like, I think that this issue, and I think next venture, is it, can I say that he's trying to be a little too clever? I don't know because he's doing this opposite deal where here Peter comes down. Oh, Aunt May, what are you doing here as the opposite of originally, uh, you know, there's Aunt May and oh my God, she's back. Everybody's excited. He's confused to twist and turn this around to reveal eventually what had happened, the Mephisto stuff and whatever, because even with that, you're getting these weird clues like, hey, you got to get to that party. OK. And if you know the story, you're like, oh, man, yeah, the party. He goes in. Hey, Flash Thompson. Oh, man, you're back. Oh, my God. Because it's in a different, you know, it's now again, this whole deal and seeing these people, the Flash is dead, but now he isn't. Oh, my God. Then you have Harry show up. Hey, everybody, I love the idea, and this always makes me laugh. The idea that Harry, you know, went off to rehab. They, that's how he comes back. They thought he was gone, but no, Norman spirited him away. And I love it. Oh, man. All right. You, you drug addict jerk. Like, you're back, <laughs> baby. I, I, it always made me like, all right. I, I get it, but still. Uh, but in that, you have like Mary Jane singled out. Everybody's going around her, and she's in focus, and Peter's trying to get to her. And she's sad. And you can only guess maybe that, you know, when he does catch up in, in this dreamscape and this thing, it would be that she ends up revealing what had happened and what they lost. But even with that, like you said, it, it's it's a little too subtle the way it's playing out. But it also just is it's too quick a read. And so I can't sit and, and really, you know, digest a lot of things because it's just so quick and not a lot happening where that's the surprise. Oh, my God, Harry, here he is. And you can only guess that Kindred then it's going to be something where that Harry did die. The other, you know, you know, the whole deal with wishes and monkey paws and, and how. But even then, that's kind of what I might have thought before. And it may be a twist with it, but then you go and you sit silent issues and things like that, because then you go off and it's like, there's Kindred, he goes off. We have a couple pages without dialogue and not really much going on either. You know, a lot of times you have silent issues where you have to really, you know, look at the scene and go this. Nope, it's just Kindred. Like, yep, I'm going to go off to Peter and do this as he seemingly is just laying on, you know, a, a coffin dreaming this in his in his death state but yeah it's just the, the scene the party again mary jane trying to get away and then peter ends up being i don't know is that kindred cpr that he does with that as he ends I, up i using guess this power. is what the this is the power that he's been using to like bring everybody bring back everybody to life back. but did you think like even then i'm like what like you just well, like, and, and it's weird because in the dreamscape at that point you get the realization that Peter is starting to realize 
oh crap, this is kindred. So he no longer thinks of it as just a normal day that he's living. And I hated it. I was like, this is how he's figuring it out. This is how he's figuring it out. You do end up, and it's such a weird bury the lead. Because even at the end, me and you were confused. I, and I'm telling you, it, it's the hairdo when we get to that. It, it throws well, me off every it, time. Well, because, again, playing stupid shenanigans with wording, Nick Spencer plays along with that line of, oh, I told you, Peter, it's not who I am. It's what I want. And he reveals about he reveals about who he is and go ahead and tell him, tell, tell them, like, what the problem with me and you had at the very end. <laughs> well, here's, here's the deal. <laughs> so, because, again, you're bearing the lead. So you're there and he's oh, my God. And, and the worst is this is going to be the big reveal. So in the dreamscape, heaven, hell, limbo, whatever's going on where he's reliving this, which I assume Kindred is forcing this in where he wants to show him where Mary Jane and he seems he wants Mary Jane he wants his life back all that stuff so you're going and like okay here we go then you go out and I'm like that that was really lackluster and I think that then <laughs> the next he wants to then well I really have to have that big moment where you know Peter finds out and I'm looking and I'm telling you again I that's why I brought it up earlier I set it up I'm a dummy I'm not like I at points can't tell a lot of times between Norman and Harry. The hair is exact. You have a thing. And I'm telling you at the end when he says, gotcha, Gotcha. which Norman has said as Green Goblin in the past, I seriously do not know if I'm looking at a young Norman Osborn or Harry because they look exact. They look ex- and it isn't even like it's trying to not look. And maybe that's the twist. Maybe we're supposed to be like, wait a second. Now, if that's the twist, you kind of do have it set up by Norman himself, but then everything gets thrown out of whack. So I still, but yeah, Peter already has figured this out. So where is the cliffhanger? Like, why is this the cliffhanger? This is what really goes, because I can't tell the difference. The the hair, I said, the hair is so ridiculous on both Norman and Harry that it always throws me off. But he, Peter already figuring it out to then have Kindred take his bandage mask off, which also seems to be a setup with the craziness with the, like it has teeth and stuff in the mask. But when he, when he takes it off, you're expecting this has to be something different than just a, okay, it's still Harry, right? Because he's yeah. figured this out. So this is the twist. So I could only think, and, and really one of the you know benefits uh, of getting review copies and doing this early is we get to do it early. One of the disadvantages is I could have at least read some other people's thoughts. And there are a lot of <laughs> other people who other know people way would. more than I do. <laughs> and you, I mean, really, I'm not a Spider-Man ultra fan. So, in you know, the deal, we could have played this. And I actually almost said at the beginning, and the problem is in my mind, it didn't feel right. Like, hey, I don't know what the hell. If this is the end, so we're going to pretend we don't spoil stuff anymore (laughs) and we're going to just get out. We're going to get out the back door and run (laughs) because I don't want to live. But as I'm saying, if somebody says to me like, oh, well, you can tell it's this or tell it's that. The the idea my mind goes with the storytelling. Peter already knew. You already said that like you've looked at the eye color. You've looked at the hair color. Like 
everything is exactly the same. Now, if you want to say there's a giant plot twist and Harry Osborn was always a clone of Norman. And if we go like, clones, people lose their mind. But yeah, oh, or, yeah. But even that, though, you are always playing off the idea. It's his son and he looks just like him. So a younger version will be. I mean, I don't know if anybody's seen George Harrison's son, Danny exact spitting image i mean it does happen so with that though the idea again i i i'm trying to not look like a dummy if we are in fact dummies but the idea that peter's like oh no it can't be it can't be harry it can't be it can't be to then come out gotcha no you already gotcha a couple pages ago when he saw that so then you wonder though it all goes, why would Kindred then want to do this to send them back to see that? Because those are all yeah. hints of what he wants. But it also, one thing that annoys me is that it makes the killing of Peter pointless. Nothing. Yeah, it did nothing. There was no reason for it. No, we're, we're, uh, even with that, you're, oh my God, like, yes, I, I understand. He's not going to stay dead. I understand this. But it makes the idea, too, where... I thought it was kind of a neat deal where the Order of the Web, they went into Peter's dreamscape, the one, and you ended up looking like a Mary Jane craziness going after there. Like, now they're really just duped. And and the deal, but it just, the killing meant nothing, really. It just gave Mm -hmm. you that replay where, to me, you could have done that some other way. And and it just, but yeah, at the end, I'm like, all right, I, I'm just going to message you right away. I'm like, can you read that Spider-Man? <laughs> am, I, am I crazy or does that really look like a young Norman as well? Because something's wacky here as a, you know, deal. Then I'm looking, I'm like, well, he's wearing stuff. And then I'm like, yeah, that kind of looks like like a Scarlet Spider-Man. I don't know. Everything's twisting and turning. And maybe maybe that's the deal. It's everybody. I don't know. But yeah, by the end, I thought it was a little too quick. The death meant nothing really except to get to that, you know, drawn out deal to see what's going on. And we're playing the long game again. And I I just need to have a little more than that, though. I think that a lot of uh, Spider fans will like the whole idea with this long play one more day, you know, all that. But for me. Uh, I don't like to be confused at the end, even though I guess that's the mystery of things. But I just i i need I need Norman to just shave his head, yeah. So that way we can yeah, tell that's the difference. What I, and, and, yeah, because that hair is ridiculous. I'm telling you, I, Eric makes fun of that hair constantly, and it's just such. And here's the deal. And I even said about Mark Bagley as I was going through this again. I, the art is really, really good. It's just that it. it you go one big issue, then you go to the next and you keep changing things back and forth and it kind of throws you out a little bit, but the art's really good. But then, like you said, there's no way you have Peter like Harry, like, all right, uh, Norman. Oh my God. A combo. I don't know. Like at the end, I was just give some acknowledgement. Exactly. Yeah. I guess that's where, but again, though, here's the, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. The, the idea in this for me personally, everybody else can have their own deal. This cliffhanger does not make me want to go read the next issue because I think it's an awesome cliffhanger. The cliffhanger makes me want to read it because I want to see if I'm a dummy and that's not a great <laughs> cliffhanger. And it's not even like the mystery because I don't know if it's a mystery. This may just be people will say to us, you idiots. This is just him face to face finally with Harry. Uh, but but in my mind, there's, there's I'm waiting for a twist. 
I'm waiting for the M. Night Shyamalan twist. I, I will be amazed if there's other people out there who are having the exact same problem we are. <laughs> we're dummies. <laughs> I'm telling you. We're sad. But I will look, and I hope that we're not just – but it just was weird. It was just was weird, the, the play out of the reveal there. And it just might be just, look, look at me in my eye. Look at me. And also, look at me. I look sexy. I'm the sexy young Harry. I, I'm not with maggots on me and stuff. That was a, de- you know, maybe that was it. I don't know. But is that, I'm, now I'm starting to think, was that another dupe? Because the idea where he did seem, but it's a mask, but maybe he sucked out some of the powers of the Peter. I don't know. Why is it such a big gotcha moment? Except us <laughs> being dummies. I didn't know what was going on. I'm so upset. <laughs> Again, you're reading this by yourself and you're like, oh man, that's crazy. But when you have to talk about it, I, immediately I'm like, Oh no, here we go. <laughs> here we go again with these things and just nonsense. So forgive us if we're dummies, but maybe our, and, and sometimes you, you get just blind luck that nobody's thinking what we think because we're just idiots, but yet we're the idiots like a fox, right? We'll, we'll be the ones who discover we're the idiots it all. That, that ask the real questions. Yes, <laughs> yes. And only because we think differently. It's like one of those things where they have some guy who's like the biggest moron, and yet they they end up coming up with the plan because they think a little different. Oh my goodness! Uh, what would you give this? Uh, <laughs> See, uh, I'm actually having fun at this part. So, <laughs> or maybe not. I, or we geniuses. I I like I wanted to rate this low, and I think I still am, uh, because. The the death meant nothing at the very end. Uh, it was it was really just shock and awe uh, for that last page. Um, the the this read was way too short, and the reveal in itself is just way too confusing. I would honestly have to give this a six. I'm giving it a six. I'm going to give it a six five. I'm going to give it a six eight. I was thinking, I think last issue we gave sevens and seven fives. Yeah. And, and this definitely, and, and to combine with that, I also do think that it's too quick a read after a quick read. I mean, last yeah. issue was, and you know, if we're not dummies or whatnot, this is really relying on a little nostalgia than a cliffhanger. The last issue was pretty much just fighting cliffhanger. And I need this to pick up. And I yeah. think that maybe. I said the LR issues themselves. I actually like the idea of that. But is this extending some things in the main book as well? Because you do have to, you know, you have to back off a little when you just have the main book. Kindred, Peter. You can't just reveal everything and get with it until the LR issue was, is able to do their thing. And I think that maybe in the, the all around look of the things, it's extending this story a little where we see there's not a ton that we really need to do, but some of the stuff that we think might happen, huge. I mean, humongous stuff, one more day, all this stuff going on. And so it's it's a shame that it, it ends up the pacing in this is off. Not the, And usually you'll have the main book where, oh, man, that's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. The pacing is off in this one, not the LR issue. And while I'm not that, you know, over the top thinking that I need to see the Order of the Web, Doctor Strange in the Dreamscape, I actually really like the idea in that book with Stan Sinater going after Morlun and also Harry and uh, Mary Jane going to help Harry, or Norman and Mary Jane going to help Harry. So there's a lot more that I'm actually 
looking forward to in the individual issues of the LR right now because I just we're we're just meandering here to get to yeah. the big deal. And that's where I think that after all that time, having this weird thing of the like Peter realized now he was like crying. It can't be. Oh no, no, it can't be. But he's realized. He's realized it's Harry, and and that wasn't good enough for three years of waiting to to get that. And then I think maybe he kind of copped out a little and like, okay, I'll throw it in at the end, the face to face deal, and that confused us. So it, it was a real weird way to end it. But I do think that you know some people know more than us first off (laughs) yeah i i think it's i think it's not a giant leap backwards but i think it is a step back yeah i think so too and i think that what people if they're getting mad at us now they will say like oh man this is a big thing but again you have to pull back yourselves you people listening and think we're idiots that this isn't necessarily my big thing so you may like this more of this you know pacing and oh my god one more day and things like that that's not my thing. So I'm here in the here and now. I just want the story to, you know, develop and get some big moments that we can all share now. And Nick Spencer has done a lot. And I've been told, uh, Jay from Canada says all along, well, you got to understand Nick Spencer's writing this for longtime Spider-Man fans. Well, that's fine. And longtime Spider-Man fans can love it. That doesn't mean that I have to love it because of that. I'm here yeah. for me. I, I'm here bringing my baggage and idiocy. So I need some things where... Where they're saying, oh, they're getting the nostalgia from before. This is where Nick Spencer needs to get the nostalgia started for me. So 10 years from now, we get another story. I'm like, oh, my God, that Nick Spencer story. This is awesome. It's tying into that. You know, I'm not at that level with these other people. So that's where we're coming from because of that. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go six, five. Uh, because I do like the art, but it just, it was too quick and I need to get to, you know, not just cliffhanger big moments. You know, I need to get big story moments and have the reactions and things like that that I think we will get eventually, but we'll see. But that's that. That's me and you talking some books and being idiots. And I'm sure, I'm sure I'll hear, I'll hear from some we, people. We will hear, yeah. we will hear so much from the Slack chat. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, that's where we'll get it. They'll give it and they don't, they don't lay off. I mean, this is going to be, uh, what's it called? Warhammer 40k all over again for me, where I was just getting ripped apart because I didn't know what was going on. Sorry, but uh, before we go, as we always do, uh, let us know what things you are also involved with. Yeah, so you can find me uh, at Fanboy Comics Podcast, the Batman News Weekly Podcast, the Comic Book Legion Podcast. Of course, you can find me here, as well as the uh, Patreon Spotlight. If that has not already shown up already, uh, as well as Ranger Alliance podcast. Now, if you don't know where to find me there, just go to my Twitter page at Fanboy Clay and I have a link tree. I finally created one of those things. Yeah, I I had to do that as well. When you get too much going on. Also, I think that Clay will be opening up a a grocery store this weekend. I'll be cutting the (laughs) ribbon there and he's available for birthday parties and bar mixes. You just get a hold of him. He's the hell of a clown that ends up doing a lot of uh, balloon animals, I believe. But uh, I'm I'm gonna start too. I was thinking, and I forgot last week. I'm gonna start putting all your links in the show notes as well. So if you, anybody wants to go and see any of that stuff or all of it, which they should, go down into the show notes, and they'll all be linkable there as well. So that's that. I'm gonna go off now. 
on. Talk to Brandon. Brandon, who he has no problem with acting like an idiot. So we'll, we'll be talking <laughs> about things. And I'll even, I'm going to have him look. I'll have him read this issue. And that's the other thing. He could just read this issue oh, and I, get the, and I want to hear what he says at the end. I'm not going to set it up. I think to skip everything that he has just to read this issue, I would, I would give to have a small little spotlight <laughs> on that. Him. He'd go nuts. <laughs> he hates, he hates Nick Spencer so much. He just, that, what, with that whole, you know, secret empire stuff. He just, that was it. That was the, the, and the best is to talk. What I really would like to talk to him is the sinister foes of Spider-Man. That was what it was called, right? Back uh, while the Dan Slot run was going and Nick Spencer had that side deal. Oh, um, yeah. And Brandon loved that. And he forgot that, that like lost in his mind that he loved that. And then realized, wait a second. And now <laughs> I think he says he hates it now. I, nonsense. I remember way back. And that's how I've been talking to Brandon that long. He actually was telling me to read it back then. And I, I just, I was just doing DC stuff. So I ended up not doing it, but yeah, we'll go off to see. Uh, and maybe we'll even start a little and, uh, as we go to Brandon, then I'll have him read this just to give us like a, a two minute synopsis of what he thought, which it'll just he'll just say it's bull crap and it'd be over with. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But thanks, everybody. And thank you, Clay. And we'll be back with Brandon. All right. See you later. Yes, and it is Brandon here with me, and that is the nope. Greta remix. I'd like to call that intro song there. And me and Brandon have three books to talk about, and I was hoping that Brandon would message me after reading these and saying that he was looking forward to talking about them because he loved them uh, so much that he'd marry all three of them. He did not message me that. You no, never messaged me that know. one with this. In fact, I had not even started really reading, and you were getting towards the end, and you're like, yeah, these books are just there. Like, yeah, they're not they really are. doing much. So, yeah, And we're going to start with one that kind of, you know, we ended up, and I think possibly the first two might have both been on the Patreon spotlight. I know the first one was, but it's Juggernaut. And we liked the first issue. We, we thought that it was kind of a neat little deal, though. Even then, we said, you're going to have to up the ante a bit. You got to, you know, change some things here and make it worth reading every issue. And by this third one, kind of getting bored with it. I, I really am. I, I need something. And and we talk about this all the time. You need something to want to make you keep reading. And yeah. there's just not enough of anything yeah, in this. I, I do like no, the character. The story, I guess, solely being just the juggernaut redemption story isn't isn't gripping enough, I guess. Yeah. And that's all I'm getting out of it. And, and, he, uh, some, and even some of these that, things yeah. don't need to be five issues. You know, like we can do a juggernaut Minor. redemption in, in like two issues and move on and do something else. How about an oversized one shot? I uh, know, even that. Because the deal with this is it – 
it seems like a, a juggernaut redemption also showing you how he ended up getting the suit now after taking you know the all that gone and but you're not even getting enough of that each issue because you're getting involved with kind of like the you know i i hate to say the tom king kind of deal but trying to show the man behind the the crazy ass helmet and also the man who wants redemption but yet has to go to trial because he's you know made people go bankrupt with this destruction and that that is a cool idea i guess but in this third issue it's already starting to wear thin with me mainly because then you also have this new character d cell that he's hanging with that just wants to put everything online on YouTube and Instagram and things like that. And I've gone to the point where not only am I not interested in that, she, she's starting to get real annoying to me where she is just almost inserted into every scene just to say, well, I only I don't have any hands free because I'm talking to my followers. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, hey, hey there, followers. I'm going to have to stop the video for a second, but we'll be right back. And even when that happens, I, I'm waiting for something to have substance to it where she is this, you know, I'm telling you, just the idea that she's this online Instagram big, you know, Tons of followers and things The social media stuff rarely works well In comic books No, and and what I thought we were going to get And also on the side, you keep having Everybody including, you know, damage Control and everybody, oh she's A mutant, I'm not a mutant, keep saying that With her power, but yet they even say In this, well she's listed and and Comes out like a mutant, so I don't understand Ah, and they even go, eh, what do you you Mind, what we call her, whatever But I would have liked to have seen, like, I'm still waiting for that twist that it is that she is on the, you know, online. And for some reason, I have to pick up my phone right here to pretend I'm doing it myself. I'm like, <laughs> hey there, fellas, look at me. I'm the greatest. I'm Diesel and I'm doing all the great things. Turns off the camera and then is a real piece of crap. Like, I, that's like something that maybe I would have liked because then you have that twist of, Okay, I see what you're doing here. You're saying that a lot of people, have, but she's just doing that. And and it's weird because at points I'm getting a vibe that it's supposed to be like, well, this is like the new type of Peter Parker. You know, there's nobody who works at a newspaper taking photos. She's doing the videos, but nothing really plays out. Nothing. And even where you go back and you even said you have like the classic fight that starts it with Juggernaut and Spider-Man, where that is going to now be a trial because a guy lost his business. I'd like a little time for that of the only reason they know things like this happen was because of jerks doing videos and stuff, but we don't even get that really. But (laughs) it is Juggernaut number three. It's written by Fabian Cesar by Ron Garney, colors by Matt Miller, and letters by VC's Joe Sabino. You don't really get a you know, a recap type page here. We're just going with the story. You have a mystic gem, an irresistible force of will. Nothing can stop the juggernaut except the spider's web. Not able to eat, not able to drink, not even able to breathe. A block of concrete cost Kane Marco a year of his life. Now he's paying for it. And that's the whole deal. He ends up where they're on a construction site back in the day. Him and Peter are fighting. They end up messing up the concrete, including Kane getting stuck in it for a year, but <laughs> you're supposed to feel bad for him because now this businessman, he had to buy the new concretes and he doesn't have the money. And I'm like, yeah, you, you're kind of losing me with this. You're, you're not yeah. really giving me an enthralling deal and, and with this all. So it kind of threw me off. And as they go through the trial, you're getting intersped with him going to North Korea as a younger fellow trying to get the, you know, the bands, the whole suit. 
And even then, it's not enough. You see it. He ends up going to this, like, Temple Forge-type deal where a guy has it. And he's like, yeah, what are you here? Well, I'm I'm here to get the bands of Sidorak. I'm here to get the suit here. And he's like, why Why do you deserve it? Well, because I, I've been the juggernaut with the Sidorak more than anybody else had. No, that, that's it. And the guy's like, I don't want you to have. Well, first off, we know he gets it, right? Is yep. that a shocker that no, we know that he gets it? Now. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing. I, I, I don't really need to stretch this out for more than one issue of how he got it because – He's got it, and let's get on with it. Well, you end up while this trial's happening. Everything seems to just happen to happen in this book right now. It seems like scenes just, boom, there you go. Like, you're in a trial. Well, here is a picture of Spider-Man fighting the Juggernaut. And, and you know, you have even this idea where D-Cell's like, man, you know, that that attorney is really cool and really good. Ooh, but so's Keynes. Ooh, and I'm like, okay, because they're saying it's, it was Juggernaut's fault that all this damage. No, no, no. It was it was Spider-Man's fault. No, no, no. And then they get attacked. They get attacked by quicksand. And it just seems out of nowhere. It also – the Spider-Man Juggernaut thing happened ages ago. Like that that was – It's weird now. Yeah. To bring it up where – Statue of limitations, it's I guess. In litigation, right? One, it's yeah. been it is so weird. Like it would be funny that like and and now he's out of business. Like really? Like shouldn't he be out of business twenty years now? Well, I know Nick deal? Spencer what, loves all of a sudden retelling. Yeah, I know Nick Spencer loves retelling old Spider Man stories. Did he tell that one? Did I miss that? And I no no. <laughs> so you just have this going on as far Did as I'm right. kid come back and try to attack Peter and get stuck in cement as well. You even have you even have like you know some classic art and pages from there as they're going. So yeah, it's it's way back. I, I guess there is no statute of limitations of being <laughs> a jerk. Right, that's, that's right. always on the books yeah. being a jerk. But then it's just like and and again, this is one of those where. How are we going to solve this? Well, you, you you have a trial. You're setting it up. This is the story you're setting up. But instead of, you know, doing that, I guess that Fabian Necessa thinks he's being clever. Well, we won't just have action. We'll, we'll have this stuff that's boring as anything. It doesn't really make sense with the timing. But then we'll have the attack by quicksand where Juggernaut goes out and starts fighting and eventually using D-Cell as well to bring her down then we'll be able to work out a plea bargain i'm like what like really because i don't think plea bargains happen on the the courtroom steps usually right (laughs) after everything's been sorted out publicly after a battle (laughs) it almost is like whoa you you helped me all right high five i mean i want the judge to say you can't just do this sort of nonsense here in court. I mean, we spend a lot. I, I get that this thing has been hanging for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, well, Juggernaut just did fight against quicksand. So, yeah, no fuss, no muss. Let's get out of here. You know, <laughs> lunchtime. And, and even then, you even see that they end up again destroying things. Yeah, quicks, quicksand hits Juggernaut, who goes and it might be a condemned building or whatever, but he brings it down. He even says, I had to walk through all this wreckage, which we've seen before. So you're not even giving me the idea that, okay, Juggernaut, he does wreck a lot of things, but he feels bad now. But now he has to atone for his things. But then it's not going to be, but he's still doing that. And it just, it all swirls together. And, and then you even have, you know, all of these damage control. Hey, uh, that D-cell, she's a mutant. We said this before. No, I'm not. 
oh, she, she kind of looks like one. Oh, well. Then at one point, Diesel is always talking to her followers. Hey, this is me. Yeah, look at this juggernaut att- attacking the sand lady. Oh, wait. And doing all that. But that's not even that exciting. And then, man, I want to find out how he got his, his suit. And we kind of not get all of that anyway. And then you just end up with quicksand and, and the teamwork. Nice enough. You know, hey, Juggernaut, you just beat the crap out of her. And then when her head gets decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> Chop her head off. And then your friend will help keep it off. Yeah, slow down the particle so it can't go back. Then I will go to the severed off head and get the isotopes out of it so that she can then be herself because the isotopes are the things controlling her remotely. And then we'll figure it out. I don't know what's I'm like, going on. They, they spend so much time explaining this and instead of the story of the issues. <laughs> it's it's convoluted to the point where there's no payoff. The payoff of bringing down Quicksilver? Really? We're going we're gonna to go through this explanation for this out of Quicksand. nowhere? Yeah. And so I'm like, uh, quicksand, I keep yeah. saying the, the deal. Yeah, quicksand. So the whole idea of all this page after page after page of explanation that, oh, man, and, and the whole deal, hey, quicksand isn't acting normal. Well, I don't know how quicksand really – well, it's it's her voice. It's different. I'm like, really? Like, what, what are we playing with here? Because this book has suddenly become the idea of Juggernaut who, who – yeah, he has a very kind of specific M.O., which I was worried at the beginning, but you can have fun with him. Yeah. He's somebody who – and the idea that he was going to go off and work with Damage Control to bring down these buildings that other superheroes that, – that was a nice little kind of clever thing to do, but you kind of push that away to do this, and, and really by the end – I'm not getting anything. No, I, I've enjoyed the previous issues, but this one, like, I, I don't know. I don't, I can't make any more excuses for it. I'm just missing, missing what's made it, you know, interesting previously. And even in the deal, you go months ago where Kane's trying to get the, the suit and he's in that North Korean forge temple deal. And basically at the end, the, the big kicker, and I, I swear at points I was hoping that we had hit a couple cliffhangers. I mean, when he ends up getting the suit, I thought we were done reading. We have to keep yeah. going. That's how bored I was at points. But, hey, why should you get the, the suit? Because Sidorak wants me to have it more. All right. Well, there you go. And then you just go on with this deal where the next thing is set up. Okay, let's see where the isotopes are going. Let's see what's happening. And it ends up being Arnim Zola. You know, making superhuman prisoners with his Nazi jerk face. And, and so I just I, I really, guess we like, allow an ex-Nazi to run prisons now and wherever he's working. And, well, it is a prison <laughs> for profit. And, and where Fabian says that points, I think he wants to give us social commentary, which a lot of people don't like. But if you're going to do it, do it. Don't don't confuse me of what the hell you're trying to do overall, because a lot of this is it social commentary or just boring as crap writing, because that's what this is. And and really, I will be transparent here. I don't like Fabian Nacesa. I've actually gotten in arguments with him on Twitter, even though he would never remember them. I do. <laughs> and I don't like him. So when I read this, I want to. I want to like the story, but there's nothing to it. This isn't even one of those things like a uh, like the Iron Man issue with uh, Christopher Cantwell that it's trying to be fancy. And that's not our thing. This is just not a fun or good comic to me. I, I think that it is just a nothing deal where you get a juggernaut to get a one shot where you're like, oh, my God, you know, that's pretty cool. We don't get this. And and here we go. And it, it's not good. It'll be something that I will forget 
the minute that the last issue is is published and we maybe talk about it because i'm getting kind of angry about it now (laughs) but when that's published two days later i will have forgotten about this and then i will see it pop up three months later on the unlimited app and i'll just look at it and go yeah there's that boring story i ain't going back to that and i don't see why you'd ever go back to this unless it picks up but we only have a couple more issues and you still don't even really have a, a grasp of what is going on here like what is it it basically is let's just follow juggernaut around with d and see what the hell trouble they get into and it's not fun. It's not fun. And you end up with Diesel being like the worst of the type of social media deal where she's just on the phone all the time. It's It, it could be fun. It could have some jokes or whatever, but it, it's like caught in this limbo of nonsense. And yeah, I wasn't even this angry when I read it. Now I start thinking about Fabian Nassessa with the Nazi <laughs> and the idea that a Nazi is allowed to have a prison. Please. Uh, well, well, anything else in this? No. You like I, the I, art? Because I don't even love the art that much. I don't uh, it's either. Too- no, it, it's scratchy. It's starting to bug me. I actually like it more in the throwback scenes than the modern day scene. I think it plays out a little better because it's darker and, and, and just maybe the setting works for it in a better way. Um, but I yeah, like that I mean, deal I when he's like, this, but if Sidorak wants me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best part of this book is is the whole throwback kind of story to him getting the suit. And it, and that even really wasn't that good. It was very plain, very quick, very, you know, short and to the point. So I don't know. I, I think this book is really struggling to find a purpose and, and I'm fu- struggling to find a and reason. it's almost done. To enjoy it. Yeah. And I don't know what we're going to do for two more issues, but we'll, we'll see. I would give it like a six, maybe. It's just very eh. I, I don't hate yeah, it. Yeah, I'm giving it a five, five. But it's just, it's not impressive either at the same time. It's it's nothing that I would ever recommend to anybody. No, even Juggernaut fans. I mean, I don't think they'd really, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I just, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I don't, I think that I, do you hear when you're at the malt shop? getting your you know your egg creams do you hear anybody talking about it because i don't they don't talk about that <laughs> they're, at the they're telling me what the hell am i getting egg creams for get the hell out of here you yeah psycho. they're like really they're like <laughs> we don't do that you know here in buffalo but uh we're gonna go to the next issue and i i have a feeling that at some point i will say that if you like a mortal hulk you'll still like this issue that, that basically is going to be my review for the end of time until this run either ends, because I don't see when they say that it's going to end at 50, at least for Joe Bennett and Al Ewing. I can't see that they're going to go and continue immortal Hulk after that. I think that they would just end up, if anything, yeah, start, you know, another else. Hulk book and stuff, a different volume of something else. I think that they're going to want to have this as a 50 issue run. It's just there. It's a one long running story with that. So with that, though, this is a weird issue in my mind. And this is not weird, but it's one of the only issues that I remember where it really pops out in my mind that Al Ewing is trying to catch some people up on things, not being a new user friendly issue, but giving things with dialogue and things that are really pointing out like he, he hasn't been a guy who will be like, oh, You know, there is this person who has done that and done this. And there's a lot of that in this to, I think, think, get everybody ready. I think it's everybody, let's get ready for this last full out, you know, 
drive here to the number 50. Let's everybody get everybody set. Everybody remembers things and go. So I didn't mind at certain points here to be like the leader is literally controlling his mind and doing this and doing that. And I'm like, wow, this book has never really done that. I don't hate it, but it, it felt weird and out of place. It felt weird, and it's something that I actually could have used at certain times. I would have liked somebody to explain that 25 to me at any point that I could end up in. But in this, it did feel weird. It felt like, okay, I think you're, you're calming down a little. Let's get every – and maybe it's – maybe I don't think it would be the editorial saying you have to do it. But maybe even Al Ewing with them, maybe coaxing them into it, saying, okay, everybody, let's get on board. Let's make sure everybody knows what's going on. Let's make sure we get all these characters explained, boom, 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 and then boom, and head out to this, you know, stretch run of it. And because of that, a bit of me liked it, but it felt weird. But it is, again, it's Immortal Hulk number 40, Al Ewing writing, pencils by Joe Bennett, Roy Roy E. Jose and Balladrino Babrabo. I always have problems with the inks. Paul Mountain, Matt Mill on colors, letters by VCs, Corey Petit. And yeah, you end up, and even with this too, very odd because I think that by the end of this, one of the most like uh, cliffhangery cliffhangers we've had in this as well. Usually the cliffhangers are like, oh my God, the leader found another green door. Oh my God. Uh, Samson, he might turn into the Sasquatch. At the end of this, it's it's clobbering time. You got the thing going, and I'm like, that is really out of place. I think yeah. in this and it's, series it's as weird. well. We also did this once already too, and it's kind of a repeat of so what we've and done. It, like you said, yeah. So we end up on Alpha Flight, and and what we're really going to do, we we're just going to end up with Alpha Flight, especially a little arguing between our Gamma Flight, the Gamma Flight team arguing with the reporter jackie but again it's all like this catch-up hey you know the the hoax seemed that weird yeah but rick jones was there and he ended up touching like you're getting a lot of recap that we usually don't get but jackie the reporter jackie mcgee she ends up realizing something was wrong now with that you just end up having samson he he shows up then just to pretty much tell them exactly what she's saying is right because she says it didn't seem right the hulk didn't seem like he was in control also when rick jones showed up there was a little wonkiness going on where he was all twisted and turned like a pretzel but he was laughing and talking to himself and when he did touch the hulk all hell broke loose and so we end up we know that that is true and with that though we do get you know Doc Sampson show up as Doc Sasquatch. Back, he just comes yeah. in, and, and yeah, and he's back, and it looks it looks funny. Some hair and some interesting places there to cover up his uh yeah covers up stuff. <laughs> and so while this is going on, you have Joe Fixit and you know Salad Brain Hulk being and and Hulk's being held by Gamma Flight, but you have Joe Fixit in there with him in that brain space where they're talking. And going over, you know, what happened last issue, especially with the leader. And, hey, the leader was there. And the, just I think that what the thing was is, is definitely Joe Fixit's lines here that got me because he starts yelling at Hulk. And he's like, you know, you ended up messing up. We don't even have, you know, spells out. We don't even have Bruce. Bruce would understand who this guy is who comes to talk to them. The head of Gamma Flight and, you know, Henry Peter Gritch. And they don't recognize him. This is something that would be a Bruce Banner thing. But you have this dialogue 
and this monologuing by Joe Fixit where he pretty much goes down the line of explaining everything. You know, well, we would have had Bruce, but he got dragged to hell. But even, you know, Stearns, he's there, and he ended up being our dad. And I'm like, you never really go that full out with that. And then he says, yeah. and then you were on dad's side, and that was the worst. And Hulk starts crying again. I just wanted the fights to stop. I wanted to and, – and it really is – if. Obviously, you probably did read the last couple issues and stuff. It is just recap, but Al Ewing does write it well enough that, you know, you get some things going with it, but the scenes all seem to be set up just to remind us of what had just happened, where you have, you know, the government there in the Gamma Flight. They have set up this deal where Hulk is in these, you know, restraints that end up growing with them and whatever, and you get where Joe Fix it's like, yeah, they they're not caught up. Obviously this guy hasn't been around for a while. He doesn't know what we do. And then just basically alien himself out where Hulk just gets destroyed and it's Joe Fix it, but Bruce coming yeah. out. He pulls the Wolverine out of uh old Hulk's gut from uh, old man Logan. Yeah, really. You know who he looks like, too, <laughs> as this version naked coming out? I swear he looks like Jamie Braddock from the X-Men books, too. But he comes up. He's like, hey, everybody, what up? And they're like, you know, stand down, Banner. Nah, I don't think so. And he, he's going to get away and all this and, and knocks out everyone. Uh, but, yeah, it's just this crazy deal, though, because we're not really progressing the story that much. We're still dealing with, you know, all these things other than Banner and Hell. And th- and basically this is we need to get Hulk Joe fix it here as Hulk. Uh, he's got to get off this Gamma Flight space station. It is funny. The idea basically he's just going to shoot out a window, go out into the vacuum of space and then reenter, you know, Earth. Uh, so he's going to. De- but really, other than that. You're not getting a ton of other stuff except almost Gamma Flight. Like, I'm done. Like, people are quitting all over, all these things going on. But, yeah, you end up having Joe Fixit Banner then goes and does go and land on Earth. And, and we're pretty much done the issue. And one of the things, though, that I did like that at a point, the green doors are something that me and you have struggled with from the beginning. But yeah, when you have Doc Sasquatch come out and they're like, and Gamma Flight's like, Samson, you know, it, you always come back. We figured you would, whatever. But why'd you come back? Is this, why'd you come? And he does mention the idea. Well, I think that, and he says, I don't really remember, but I think that my real, like that must've been close. So I had to do another one. And I kind of like the way that was explained a little more because I still don't get the concept of all the doors. And it has been even with, with the leader and even you know, some others where they say, well, I couldn't get through my door and you're, do-, but I, I just, I need a little more of that explanation. Yeah, but that, overall, that's, the fu- that's been the fuzziest part of this whole story to me from, from the get go. Um, kind of how Hulk keeps coming back through the Hulk door, always different versions of the Hulk door sometimes, but his never seemed to really be all that blocked unless something happens to him. And then Samson can't use his. He comes to the Sasquatch one and vice versa. It's fun. You know, it's it's a cool deal. It's interesting. But not not a ton of things happen. And that's the thing in this issue. You're doing a lot of reminding people of what had just happened. That's the thing of this whole Hulk run. It feels like every issue has one idea, emphasizes that idea, beats it into your head, and then kind of moves on to the next issue. And then either... You dig it or you don't. I, I always find it just to be kind of straight down the middle for me. I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. And why I said it, and I always say, yo, if you keep liking it, you would. And I do mention if you, if you haven't and actually actively tried to read it and haven't liked it, it, there's no change there. And 
it is because and it's weird though because people who seem to like it they love it but yet me and you are kind of down the middle and and this issue to me shows me a bit why as well because it looks great i think it looks real good you end up it, it plays out smart enough some of the things i i can't follow as well like the green door and things like that um but the whole deal with me is a lot of times nothing happens except, like you said, that one bit that gets pounded in at this issue kind of was just we got to get Hulk back to Earth. So let's do that. And, but yet it's written well, like I can say this is a lot of nothing, but even just the conversations between Joe Fixit and Hulk in the brain space deal, it, it is written well. And, and I like Reading it, it's just never anything lately. I'm I'm starting to get a little weary. You know, I'm starting to get a little tired. Uh, and maybe this issue is that reset. Not that I loved it, but you know, I kind of okay, I got that. Yeah, that happened. That's important. You mention it. Usually doesn't do it that much. Whatever. But then at the end, you end up where Hulk does go and and crashes down into New York. He's in the bay there, and they have Gamma Flight has even set ahead. Hey, we're going to send the coordinates. We think he's going to go there. And they are waiting and things waiting. And that is such a weird, like, like a, an over the top comic booky fun thing to have in this series because it hasn't really been, yeah. except like you said, you have had things, you even had the Avengers at one point. But, I, yeah, I think he's even fought Thing way at the start of this series. And it hasn't been that in a very, very long time to have it. But you get that other twist, though, where Thing's like, well, you know, we're going to fight. But you, you look a little worse for wear. Like, I don't think you're going to. And you do see him. He looks terrible. Because as he jumped yeah. out and went into space, he ended up morphing back into the Hulk because of the trouble and all that stuff. But at the end, you know what time it is with, you know, freaking with – uh thing there that's a pretty cool cliffhanger and it puts a smile on your face but i know it's not going to be quite that because it's this no bug. i think they're going to go get a beer based on the cover yeah and, and <laughs> what time it is it's, it's time to get ill so we'll see but overall what would you give this uh i would give this 7.5 i mean i enjoy i enjoyed enough for the simple spelling out of the compli- some of the complicated concepts i had uh such a you know, terrible um, book to talk about too right on a podcast it is. and, a, and i know i'm not the, the i'm not the classic hulk fan that's really enjoying this from the get go um you know i've i've been more of the mini series guy lately some of these long ongoings with centered around one story and 50 issues which everyone seems yeah. to be in love with it's too much issues. for me it, it's too much for me too i can't i, I i'm just like eh. It's going to be a lot of drawn out arcs and things and, and kind of events thrown in the middle that pad it out. And I'm just, I lose interest, but this I, is I all think right. That I, I don't hate it. I it don't want is. to sound it, negative. I, that's the thing is we always kind of like it. It's just not my favorite book, but it's like I said, it's weird because a lot of other things about Al Ewing's, I do not like, I, I'm really not a fan. Uh, it's way better than con- his guardians of the galaxy. And this is consistently good. Even with not a lot going on, the dialogue's always really good. The characters he gets, especially juggling all these different Hulk personas and stuff. And you really get those personas anytime they pop up. You, you really can see that he understands them and gives them unique deal. You know, it's not like a Bendis in the Legion of Superheroes where everybody's talking the same and you, you get confused and things like that. It, it's well done. The art's great. It's just, it just, 
it's because of the idea that it's that one long story for this long that doesn't jive well with my with my brain. I'm not really good at that sort of thing. I like to have, you know, all of a sudden we'll have a goofy little three issue arc where you have something real fun and then get back to the seriousness. But this has been especially lately. Uh, it has been really, you know, deep, dark and that sort of deal. And it's it is starting to get me down a little, but I'm going to give it a seven five as well. Because, again, we, we sound negative. It's still just as good as it was. It's just you got to yeah. have some things to talk about. And it does. And, again, I end up trying to figure out each week, okay, what will me and Brandon talk about? And I see I don't get upset. I'm not like, oh, man, the Hulk. Only that, oh, man, I hope I understand it maybe. But other than that, I, I don't know, usually really that's get a- up. Yeah, I don't get upset, though, about it like some other books. But, yeah, I'll go 7-5. But we're going to go to the last book. And it's another book that... I talk to people and with this, you know, King and Black coming up, things like that. I have said, I said it on the Patreon spotlight this week when we talked about the symbiote Spider-Man, which is one of the first full out tie in deals to the King and Black. I'm not really looking forward to it only because it just looks like a massive undertaking and it's going to commandeer everything from this podcast. There's going to be podcast episodes where we'll talk six issues. They're all going to be. You know, this whole King and Black stuff and and that it, we've already dealt with that before and it always brings us down. We don't get the variety, things like that. And then we stop doing stuff and people get mad, whatever. But we are a fan, big fans of Donny Cates Venom, even when we have issues that we don't necessarily like. And I will point out that I think that me and you have been two of the most positive people with this Venom Beyond. We have actually enjoyed yeah. it, especially at the beginning. Really? It's starting to wear thin, but everybody else I yeah. hear and reviews and, and to get a book that's not reviewed well, it takes a lot nowadays, right? Because people will love everything, especially reviewers, because I'll remind everyone it's not really, you know, real review. I'm one of them and I'm nonsense. I, I don't have any qualifications to be a rightist. You know, oh, look at me. I'm a comic reviewer. No, I'm a guy who started a website seven years ago to review comics. That doesn't make me good, bad, and different. But I don't think of myself as a legitimate, you know, newspaper press guy. And so with the idea where people – and they said, well, the, the critical response. I'm like, the critical response? One guy's just some guy in a basement. They're pooping in a probably a, a bucket. Uh, because he wants to keep, you know, gushing about everything. I don't know why I thought he was pooping in a bucket, but still. But yeah, with that, to get lower scores, that really has to get people annoyed and really over the top. Or they see other people getting negative and they jump on the, the train. But this Venom Beyond has been okay. And we kind of were digging it a bit. It's starting to get a little long-winded. I think that when we get to this finale... Things kind of just end in a way where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We didn't really need this, but it does kind of tie into null and, and stuff as they go off. But it is it is Venom number 30, and it is written by Donny Cates, art by Luke Ross, colors by Jesus Urbatov, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And Brandon has a rave going on over there. Yeah, sorry, my phone started ringing there. And this is the finale. <laughs> Uh, and you end up uh, Matt Gargan's equipment malfunction as he launched his first assault on Venom and his progeny, and the three of them were sent careening into the multiverse, being Dylan and uh, Eddie, only to materialize in a world where Eddie Brock is dead, his ex-wife Annie Elaine is Venom, and Dylan is grown up in a codex, a merciless dictator 
who has covered the world and his people in symbiotes. After being stripped of his armor and forcibly bonded to one of those very symbiotes, Gargan turned into a monstrous new incarnation of Scorpion and again attacked the Brocks, who stripped him of his parasitic other and made him a deal. They'll let him live as long as he brings them to Codex. So they want to go to Codex, and the thing about this issue is things just happen. I mean, things just go <laughs> like, know. we got to end this here. Let's end it. Things by the end end very quickly. I mean, it's like, well, the Codex, Dylan, he realizes who he is now. So everything's solved. Everything's done. Everything's going. And even getting to that, you end up where my favorite is, is uh, Max says, hey, I'm not going to help you because if I do, you're just going to arrest me when we get back to. And he's right. Yeah. But then then I love how Eddie tries to twist that into a, a kind of a, a deal where. No, no, no. We're we're gonna arrest you in this world, not the. Other, but at least everything is everything is solved with the power of love multiple times throughout this. Issue. And it was inside them all along, it's just like every other thing. And so when you're gonna go out of this, it's like Back to the Future. Every is power of love. <laughs> it is the power of love. And so what you end up having is, what are we gonna get out of this? What? Why is Donny Cates doing this? What is setting up? We said earlier that what it seems to be setting up is a possible. Calvary from this dimension that can come and help fight Null because now they got the machine. They got there is a machine now that can go and get them back. This machine that was being worked at by Matt Gargan's virus whole setup. There even have the bad guys. Auto he is making that as well. Seems like he could have done it a lot quicker than the (laughs) crazy Reed. But oh, it's crazy. And while this is going on, what you have is you need to get a relationship going, especially between Dylan and Annie, because Annie is spelled out through all this. You're you're not the real people in my universe. I don't. But then all of a sudden in this, she does end up like, oh, my God, you know, this little kid, Dylan, when when Dylan comes and says, hey, I know that my version here is the bad codex, but at least you remember having him, uh, you know, as a kid. I don't remember my version of you. I don't remember my version of my mom because she died before I could really know or or do anything. And it's like this weird moment that's supposed to have some feels and things like that. But I'm not really getting it only because Annie has been pushing against this since this whole arc started, since this whole story started. You're not my you're not my Eddie. You're not my Dylan. And and it's been I don't want to be around here. I don't want him there. And yet now all of a sudden. She's crying and they're hugging. And it's one of those where the wink, wink of his powers and that whatnot, you know, he can touch the symbiote. He can hug it, all that and nothing happens. And that is like, oh, you are like Codex. You are like that. But you seem to be the good version. But then even that comes to the point where it's like, all right, we're going to take the fight to and go get Codex. Remember, if we go there, his whole facility, it's going to have the Avengers, the symbiote, all these things thrown out just to then, all right, Eddie, wake up, let's go. And they're just going to go. But really, it's the power of love. It's the power of the touch. Yeah. Because when Dylan goes in and is going to touch his uh, you know, self, he's then going to be free. You do get a big battle. I, I wasn't as excited about this battle as I thought no, I would be. The battle be. ends very quickly, too. They tried to build it up with some stakes. Yeah, with like, oh, we're going in with no plan. And it, it's probably ended in disaster. And none of that ended up happening. Cause the yeah, power pretty much what they do is they get Eddie... <laughs> To get in the fantastic car, bust through, come out. Hey, look at me. Uh, I'm your father from another dimension. That doesn't really play out well, except that this Codex Dylan's like, oh, you're holding back 
because I'm your son. That's going to be your weakness. That's how you're going to go down. You're pathetic, but really doesn't come about as anything. Then you get the symbiotic Avengers assemble. And my biggest problem there is they don't even look that different. You end up having what should be a wow moment, at least a panel. And what you only really have is different versions of suits and shields. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm not really getting into that. It doesn't really wow me at all as this battle goes down. And then out of nowhere, Matt Gargan's like, look at me. I'm virus again. I'm nonsense. I'm not on your team because you'll arrest me. Oh, no, Matt, you you turned on us. We had a deal. I'm like, really? First off, he's right. You're going to arrest him after this. He knows it. But you also know this deal is nonsense. You know that he yeah. the only way. And when Eddie says, oh, Mac, we I thought we had a deal. He must just be counting on it, this. Oh, Mac, I thought you were so stupid that you would fight with us until we turned you into the police because that's all it would be. He's not that stupid. So he goes against, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing in this issue matters. They end up with. Except for maybe what it sets up in the future. That's it. I'm saying in the deal where basically what we're going to do is, hey, hey there, uh, Codex. I'm going to get you here and I'm going to make you go and touch hands with my Dylan. And what's going to do is it's going to combine your memories of both families from the different dimensions. And it's going to make you feel good. And it's going to cleanse you of Null the symbiote that they say as this is going on more because we didn't spend a lot of time with Codex. And I think that that might be a downfall of some of this, the idea that there's a voice talk, you know, all those things we didn't get much of because we've been dealing more with, uh, Oh, look at Eddie and there's Annie, but it's not his Annie. And here we are. And you know, the, the wow factor of, Oh man, carnage. He's one of the, the good guys here and all that nonsense. So when we get to it, I didn't have any feels for this codex Dylan at all. Not at all because I'm not really invested in them. But like you said, the only thing that is afterwards, they're going to make this, you know, portal, this machine to get out. And the other thing, they're there for a while, which shocked me because when they had auto saying, I can do this really quickly, crazy Reed says it's going to take, you know, whatever. But you even have one year later where they're still hanging and then they're going to go. It's like, really? Because all this happens where Codex, where everything, all the symbiotes, because everybody in this whole deal is a symbiote. The symbiote melts away from everyone because Dylan says, "I, I he's supposed to bring the dinner home like he's reverted. And then he goes into a coma. Uh, so he's been in a coma. <laughs> One year later, he's still in the coma. And they're going to go back, Dylan. And Eddie are going to go back. They're going to hang out. They go to say to Annie, hey, you can come with us. Again, I can't until Dylan, my Dylan, wakes up from this coma, but almost seemingly saying like, yeah, we kind of got along now. We're kissing. We're smooth. And, yeah. And and with that, and even the idea, I'm telling you, the idea that this crazy Reed, and it is the Reed who has to eat his own poop, right? Th- that's this Reed. <laughs> yeah. oh, he's throwing it around the lab when he's stuck at problems. He's I, he, there is people. that one. There is the one line, though, that was pretty good where he's like, listen. Hey, hey, crazy Reed, is this machine that's going to send us back to our dimension, is it safe? Oh, it's 100% safe. You'll never have any problems. But again, I am certifiably crazy, so who knows? And that, that made me giggle. You also, though, end up with constantly, I was friends with the Tony Starks. He keeps saying, I was Iron Man's friend. I miss our Iron Man. I'm a friend. It only is going to, they're going to come through a portal at some point in this whole King and Black, and he's going to end up going up and being able to meet our 
you know, Iron Man or Tony Stark. And unfortunately, Tony, he's having a midlife crisis right now, and he's not going to like that. I don't know how it'll play out. But, <laughs> yeah, you, you, to me, this whole deal, and it, it started out as a cool little idea, you know, a little bit where we thought, you can't go any further in the regular Venom book until we get to the King and Black. So this is a nice little diversion. You get a little Elseworlds deal that's now turns into that they might be able to use this. But that's all it seems to be. We just spent a lot of time to just be able to have Annie and Codex be able to come and maybe save them or help them out coming up. So we'll see. And and if it, if it is one of those things that we're reading a book, just remember, if it comes where Dylan gets captured somehow, Dylan gets taken by Null, and something relies on having Dylan there. They have a machine that needs Dylan's DNA. They need Dylan to do so. Th- there's where you'll get your Dylan. It's a backup Dylan. Yeah. All of a sudden, you will end up having, yeah, a backup Dylan. That's how I think it will play out now if that's the case and i i've been wrong so many times and and you you still think that you got the king of the vampires going with blade that ain't happening but i'm not wrong yet if it does yeah if it does happen though the way i'm saying i will be a little upset because it's too like we're going into king and black now i would have liked that maybe this would have been months ago i don't know we just had this story and then we would have forgotten about that and then it would have been like oh my god that's cool so We'll see. We'll see how it works out. But you end up where they end up going through the dimensional portal. They end up on our prime Earth, and there are no stars. All the stars are gone, and it says to be continued in King of Black. So it has come, finally. I mean, really, this null has been coming for so long. I I don't know how he can stand it anymore, but he seems to have arrived, and we'll get the King of Black deal. The the one thing that gets me, too, is the idea Null's coming, Null's coming, right? Hey, Null's on his way. His eyes are getting glassy. No, no, no. And then to have the story not have Null in the in the title <laughs> actually no. threw me off a bit. It really did. I, I actually it's thought... It's almost like Dylan's not even really connected to Null. To, like, they didn't emphasize uh, you, you would assume that's why he's kind of evil. He's He's Boughten into the whole null thing, he looks like him, blah blah blah, all that. But they didn't really emphasize yeah, the it codex a whole lot. Verse, I'm yeah. forgetting, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, but you, you did have it a little, but you never really dealt with much of him. And then, so at the end, when it's just like fight, 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 coma done, I ended up like, okay, like why? Now you're not really giving me a full setup of a villain in my mind because he's not anymore. That he's going to come back, and and maybe you don't want to get too far over the top even though he pretty much seemed to be in control of everybody in the world and being the worst of the worst there but you're not you're focusing more on the idea well he's just like our dylan and now he's in a coma and he got redeemed and he's that i'm like yeah it just seemed very rushed to get to that point to come up with what's going on uh but again it i i still like the art style of this i like the different art style for this beyond deal uh and I like some of the character. My, I, I do get a chuckle every time. The first time that Crazy Reed shows up in an issue, like we haven't had it in a month, and then we see him, I'm like, yeah, he's he's a kook. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, it just seems like it, it wasn't a waste of time, but it just didn't seem like well worth the time. It's kind of, again, yeah. like we're saying, a lot of in the middle type deal but what would you give it uh i'm gonna give this overall at uh, i don't know i think like a seven i would give this issue maybe I'm giving like it a, a 6.8 yeah, i'm giving it a seven know. so i'm a little more positive than you but I'm, still i'm a little just middle i didn't enjoy this arc as as much as previous kind of venom arcs and i, I don't know it just it felt too obvious for maybe what it's possibly going to be and even though we're probably wrong that it, it just 
there's something there. <laughs> yeah. Something and and there even with that, days. the funny thing is, is that when you get to the end and it says to be continued in King and Black, you know, you, you would love as, as a writer, Donnie Cates saying, oh man, when they see that, they're going to be so pumped up from the issue and this then and beyond that. All right. Now we go. But instead, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, bring on King and Black. I'm sick of this now. Yeah, it I didn't really pan That's out right. for me. Let's That's go. Right. I so too. I was kind of excited to get to King and Black, but it was more of the idea. I, I want something better. And I want something that means more and goes then. And that's what I, when people have been kind of pish poshing this and sending me messages and things like that, that's been kind of the tone. Hey, we just want to get to King of Black. This is nonsense. I don't need this. It's not well thought out, whatever. And now I've kind of caught up with them at a bit. And I just want to now get to King of Black, even though I, I will say it again. I'm not looking forward to the immense amount of issues that are now going to be taken over by it. And really with the whole deal going, you have the X, X-Men issues. They're all in the, the tennis swords. You have the outlawed thing. It's messing up all my young hero books. And now King of Black, I mean, we're not going to have a lot of books that are outside of something else going on. And that kind of sucks. It really does because we kind of like to have some deals and even stuff like a strange Academy. We want to like more, so maybe some of these things can kind of pick it up, and and we'll have Taskmaster, you know. Yes, I don't know. Awesome. I don't know what we're gonna have, you know. And and so we'll see. But yeah, I'm a little more positive. This is seven, but thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for a uh, Brandon joining me, and also Clay earlier. Uh, and so yeah, if you want to find us, Brandon will still be going and trying to figure out what an egg cream is down at the malt shop. <laughs> but you can go over to Twitter. Uh, and go to WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back. And if you ever see any tweets that are directed at people on our Marvel Twitter that are based on defending Josh Allen, you know that Brandon has come out of his <laughs> shell and that he needs an account to use because he's been blocked by everyone <laughs> on his regular account. I ended up going over, I'm like, what's this? It's like, what do you think of Josh Allen? Not just, I'm like, Huh, that's weird. But yeah, that that is yeah, the Brandon Josh Allen support group against people who have blocked him. Yes. It's so great. <laughs> I always laugh when I see it. But yeah, you got that. But yeah, go but to the US Marvel they Comics. They blocked me because they're wrong. That's why I have to let them know they're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> also, yeah, well, you can go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where some people, not me and Brandon anymore, I, I'm having problems even doing some reviews, but there are written reviews, news, and previews over there. I have too much podcasting to do to do those written reviews, and then too we also kids. have a Patreon account. Yeah, really, that's that's what I say. That that's the big <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Weird Science, where me and Brandon and Clay this week had our Patreon spotlight because me and Brandon ended up talking about symbiote symbiote Spider Man, the tie into the King and Black deal that just started. King and Black, yeah, yes. yeah, King and Black, and then me and Clay ended up talking Widowmakers. Uh, so that me and Brandon don't have to do any reviews on Wednesday. That was my whole plan because Ed, that ends up that Wednesday night deal is it's tough for us. Uh, it's yeah. always later and ends it, up being we're late. both exhausted. Yeah. So we actually freed that up. So that is good. So I'm going to have this all up early. That's another thing for if you go over and, and sign up to the Patreon, you'll get all of our Marvel episodes, uh, a day or so early. So that's another 
reason to go and join up and check that out. But that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Brandon. You got your rave party going? You're going to go dance it up? That's what I think. And, yeah. and drink it up and all your knocks. Setting not, the but, alarm for tomorrow. I got to do something obnoxious or I sleep through it. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, that's actually with me, too. <laughs> but hey, thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. Time. Little Dobbin